The Life Series. Powered by Amicus. With your host, Heather Story. Hello and welcome back to the Live Series podcast brought to you by Amicus Recruitment. This is the podcast that gives you insight into the life and role of tech leaders from all over the world. Today, I'm joined by Jan Caps, VP of Engineering over at Allegion. Hiya, Jan. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing today? Perfect. Yeah, I'm really good. I'm really good. Thank you. Um, listen, let's just dive straight in and maybe do you want to kind of kick us off by describing a little bit about what Allegion does and what you do there and how you kind of got into what you're doing there now? What we do is we build better data to power better AI. And how do we do that? We take customers' data, we enrich it, we annotate it, Uh, using our tooling, our team, and then we give it back to them so they can use that training data to train their AIs and their their ML models. Perfect. So what what were you doing kind of before you got there? And uh, is it kind of, I know you've been there a little short while now, but were you managing teams in previous roles? And and how kind of, what's the team like that you're managing now? Like what does your kind of daily life look like at Allegiant? Before I was working at my last job, I've had several management jobs over the last decade or so. I was a head of engineering at Welcome Commerce, and they were uh, in the retail space. They had uh, like chat that was enabled on customer sites, and um, it would be embedded on product pages, and you could and um, you could chat with somebody who was a product expert about the specific product that you were looking at. So that's kind of the thing that I did then. Uh, the team at Allegion, um, I have a few engineering teams, two in the US and one in KL. We are um, expanding a little bit right now, or we're at least growing the team. Um, so I've been really busy with that. I uh, have, um, it's been kind of an interesting time working with the teams in the US and KL and really making sure that we can work as a team without anyone getting blocked and it's been a good experience yeah i know when we chatted before we mentioned the team over in Kuala Lumpur and um it is quite it's it's a very common subject that comes up of managing remote teams um and i know that you know your team in kale and where you are there that isn't something that's come as a result of the pandemic and that's kind of always been in place but I'm quite interested to know like what kind of challenges you faced as a result of the pandemic managing your team um, are your <clears throat> are your US team um, are they all in the office or are they all fully remote or apart from obviously the team over in KL like what what is it like with with your direct team over here over there sorry and what and kind of how does how does the daily life look like post pandemic has it changed very much and how have you kind of got to this point after facing challenges and yeah what what, what do those challenges look like too Prior to the pandemic, we all worked in the office every day. So we do have an office in Kuala Lumpur. We just got it again. And then we also um, just got an office again in the U.S. because we had the pandemic went on so long that we gave up our office space and, and then we found new space. So it's changed a great deal. So now what we do is it's hybrid. It can be fully remote. We, I have people all over the U.S., I have people in Kuala Lumpur and people even in, you know, other countries than that who work, who sort of report into Kuala Lumpur, but it's definitely hybrid or completely remote. And actually, 
I feel like we really don't have, I'm glad, I'm glad of that because I take advantage of that. You can get a lot more focus time. You know, you don't, you miss some of the connection though. So that's been the main challenge. You know, right now um, there's been a lot of things going on. A lot of people quitting, you know, deciding to do something else for a living, deciding to move um, closer to family. And um, that's been incredibly challenging and really it isn't an option to try to get people into the office full time. It really isn't. People want to work differently. So I support that and I also take advantage of it. Yeah, I think that's um is there much of a time difference between the two between the two countries? Yeah, there's no overlap whatsoever. All right, okay. That's kind of that's convenient to be fair, then, isn't it? Because I, I did always wonder how teams possibly manage with such a big time difference, but um, I guess it's really difficult. There's no overlap. So it's about 12 or 13 hours, depending on um, what time of the year it is. And uh, what we do is we find one, I have a director of engineering outstanding that is over there and um, she leads the team. We do have overlap with the team where we will meet either early or late. So it's in our early in our day. So eight in the morning or something like that, or it might be nine at night for our time and then early in the morning for them. And that way, um, and then we limit our meetings to Tuesdays and Thursdays. So people aren't doing that every night. And then um, a lot of times if we have a standing meeting, we'll do a early morning and then a late, early late. And that way it just mixes it up a little bit. Yeah, it's good to have some structure when it comes to stuff like that, isn't it? Because I know it can be kind of haphazard, like in the amicus office here, obviously we've got a team out in Austin and some we've got some that work on Berlin hours and the rest are kind of UK time and it's um <clears throat> I mean from a marketing perspective I'm only looking at it like scheduling things and posts and stuff and emails and things but I can only think of how difficult it must be for for people trying to like really arrange meetings with it and everything like that and actually you know talking to people daily um with different times and so on so it's it isn't it just seemed like a massive nightmare and I don't because it hasn't sort of it's not something that I've experienced before I'm just learning it kind of almost through doing this podcast as well so it sounds like you guys are really nailing it down and like it's I kind of like how you're mixing it up but keeping a structure there as well like you've you've structured mixing it up um which is really cool um just going back to the pandemic a little bit um what i know like i know when we spoke before it sounds like you've got like a really cool natural um like individual managerial style like in terms of your managers your managing of like directly of individuals within your team has mm-hmm. that changed at all like have you had to change your approach at all obviously with people being remote and then not remote or hybrid like have you changed your sort of personal approach to managing individuals within your team as a result of the pandemic it's not unusual for people in an engineering organization to to meet over zoom you would have meetings you might have someone who if we're talking to people in Kuala Lumpur you're still having a one-on-one conversation. You're still looking people in the face. It does. What feels different is when you're in a in a, a room with a lot of people, you can feel the energy. You can feel a disturbance if something's going on. You can hear people troubleshooting a problem and you know there's a crisis. You know, you really can't. It's a lot harder doing that remote. Um, I talk to my people um, face-to-face. I haven't really changed my style I, I, uh, I like to talk to people straight. I don't, uh, you know, come up with a nice, pretty managerial 
you know, terms like execute, like an execute type, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just talk to people and treat them the same way I always have to try to build a trust with them because um, uh, I feel people can, people do feel like they can talk to me and tell me what is going on, um, whether it's in their personal life or it's in their work life or if they're challenged. Yet, uh, even so, you still, I feel like you still miss things because what I just had a, one of my employees, Dario, come into town to meet the team this week. I had never met him. He works in New Jersey. And, um, you know, we've, I've been out almost every night this week, though. <laughs> we've been going out, going out every night, going to play games, going to, you know, board games or going to a comedy show last night. Nice. And, uh, you know, it's been really great to see him. But the thing is, he didn't even know or have any interaction with the other team that's in Austin. Right. So he just met some of those people really in person. And it was it was really great to spend some face to face time. So we do we are starting to, um, you know, people can come to the can fly into Austin and meet the team. Uh, we had a big event in the, and maybe it was a month ago where we all went out on a boat and just hung out and, and met each other because some of these I have there were several people I had never met. I want to come to Austin hang out on a boat. <laughs> <That sounds Yeah. laughs> I'm going to have to start working remote with somebody somewhere that's going to put me on a boat and go up. Oh. <laughs> it really is. Austin is a pretty city. Um, it is hot, uh, but there's a lot of things to do here. You know, there's a lot of nature. You can go, uh, you know, hiking around Town Lake or jogging around Town Lake, Ladybird Lake, as some people like to call it now. Is it? But, uh, the locals call it Town Lake. And, uh, you know, end up wrap up that walk or run by swimming in Barton Springs. Nice. Just a beautiful 68 degree pool that's, a, you know, spring fed. I mean, in England, a 68 degree pool would sounds absolutely horrifying, but Fahrenheit probably sounds much more, uh, much lovelier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what's it like onboarding? Um, have you done much hiring since you kind of been juggling the remote and hybrid sort of structure what's on board and like if you have done that what we do is we have an onboarding uh page on our wiki that we put together that includes uh um videos on different topics about our product um we have one-on-one -on -one sessions that we schedule so that um say an engineer can talk to a product owner and learn about the product uh, can talk to set will talk to sales and learn you know how our sales process works we have people meet with e with the leaders or of each department just to learn how we do business and learn who people are and and then we have that onboarding that we go through where people have everything set up uh, we mix it up a little bit to where it's half get all your stuff set up and then half pair with different team members so that you learn until you're able to move on your own it is challenging though, you yeah. know, to do it that way, but it is, it is working. Yeah. That's, I like how the heads of departments are kind of, is that quite a consistent thing getting everybody together and kind of interlocking yeah. with the departments and just being transparent because yeah. that is, it's great for, a, I guess, for a new starter in any company to get the 
the big picture kind of straight away and they know their value then within the company don't they I suppose yeah like they see what impact they're going to be having on on everything across the board is is that quite an important thing for you to, to make someone feel valued obviously I know it's your job as a manager to do that um that's well people are valued number one <laughs> it's not too hard to make them feel that way <laughs> but uh but yeah you know I people are important to me um when I think about why did I come to a legion, I think um, it was the team. It was, I want to work somewhere. I don't want to work with jerks. I want to work somewhere where people respect each other, where you're working as a team, where you have common goals, you can make mistakes. You have some kind of autonomy, you know, with people who are just simply excellent in what they do and passionate about it. And so that's why I came to legion. And the culture is the most important thing to me. And we've kind of, it feels like the culture has changed somewhat. It's not the same as it was before. It felt like uh, um, we had a new CEO, CEO come in, uh, David Mather, and he's really good. He does, he knows what he's doing. Um, he's helping us to scale the company. You know, we're going from startup, we're still a startup, but scaling it. And um, he's, he's done a, an outstanding job. And I feel like he's brought us more together as a team and we focus on the things that are important without all the all the bs that, that can get in the way to be honest with you we don't have to tiptoe around each other we can just talk to each other directly yeah. you know to try to get to a direct conversation as soon as possible instead of doing all the you know backroom conversations to try to get to some kind of a resolution um just have trust not just across um an engineering team or the engineering org but the entire company sure and i think that probably plays a part as well what you were just saying there about talking super directly to each other and not to turn around anything like that can contribute to not only productivity but i think i well i personally i think i'd feel more respected if i was getting talked to directly because i think they're not going to try and waste my time they're not trying to kind of you know um fluff me up for lack of a better word like they're not trying to like protect my feelings like they just want to talk to me like a professional like an adult and then get on get on with the job um so I think yeah like is that is that kind of I know you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times that you talk straight and that's kind of you care about people and I think that they're obviously super valuable things to 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 own as a manager and um do, do you do you kind of find that I mean I'm, I'm not sure how big your your team it currently is I know you said you're a startup um but how, how's how's the team kind of morale being affected through the pandemic and I know I keep bringing it back to the pandemic, but it's, I just think it is it is important to talk about because so many teams have been affected so differently. And, and, and you do find that some have kind of come off the back of it a little bit better than others, maybe. And, and some kind of function better. Some have dealt with it better. Some haven't adapted so well. Um, and I think that's something that kind of a lot of our listeners would want to know about because a lot of them are managing their own teams and things after the pandemic. So how is your team morale specifically being affected i know you said the culture wasn't the same um is, has it kind of you know has it been some ups and downs or is it being kind of smooth sailing or like how, how is oh, it there have definitely been ups and downs and um, the biggest thing you know if we think about the beginning of when the lockdown started um you know for that first six months that was a rough time for everybody right we didn't know what was happening um you know, people had to deal with it however they had to deal with it. You know, people had COVID. I've had a lot of my team have COVID. I have one of my team members has COVID right now in Kuala Lumpur and they and she's locked down for 10 days. Um, they are really serious about uh, 
you know, lockdowns are a lot more strict than they are in the U.S. Um, but that was really difficult, especially in Kuala Lumpur, because it was so strict. People could not go out. I mean, you could have like one person who could go out to get groceries. Oh, wow. And it was just it was very, very hard on the team. Yeah, You have people that come to Kuala Lumpur kind of as a jumping off place. Maybe they'll go to somewhere else in the world, you know, and and um, and you find them away from home. And it's very hard, very difficult. So we found a lot of challenges there. We had a lot of turnover on that team. Um, In general, we've seen a lot of turnover, which is something I have not seen in my career of my personal teams. I haven't had. uh, and I still, there's still a risk of that. That's been the biggest thing. And that, that changes the culture too, because it's the people that bring the culture, you know, you can drive that culture. Um, and there's pluses and minuses, you know, when people leave, it creates opportunity for others, but it also creates a big gaping hole, you know, that you have to fill. And what we have found and what we're trying to do, um, and I would say I w- would mix results to be honest, is um, let's make sure that that you know we that it's not just one person who knows something. We did that before because we are agile. We work together as a team. We don't have um, even if a you know senior engineer leads or even a team lead. It doesn't you know it does make it more difficult to do the same things, right? But the knowledge is still there, and then people step up into the leadership role there. So. But it has been challenging. Yeah, it is a shame to hear about turnover, especially during the pandemic. And I had no idea it was that strict in KL. That's that's I mean, it was fairly strict in England as well. Um, and I guess it, it was different everywhere, wasn't it? But it is a shame. How So how, how are you? How is it? How can you kind of. I mean, I guess if you had the answer, the turnover wouldn't be as it as it was. Um, but how are you kind of um, like, you know, like, are you implementing like things that are kind of new or how are you kind of approaching that turnover issue? Or is it just something that's going to kind of naturally happen over time but as the effects of the pandemic wear off? How, well, how do you think it's going to pan out? Uh, I think that it's going to happen over time and it's a natural progression. And the fact that people did not want to do, you know, did not want to go anywhere. They wanted to stay put and deal with the crisis kind of globally, we're all dealing with the crisis, right? Um, and not make moves. But then with the, a couple of years of that, people are just like, okay, well now I've rethought my priorities, you know? And that's a natural thing that happens that was sort of, uh, you know, accelerated into or compressed into a small amount of time just because people were kind of on hold. It felt like there were two years of being on hold. Um, what I did find, at least as far as my teams, is that we still managed to hold together for the most part. And um, we, the team has, has been doing a stellar job. I mean, they can, the team can be more productive as engineers working from home because they don't have, now they can you know, go out you know, walk their dog or you know, at lunch or whatever it is. And those kind of things actually matter because you're giving yourself, you're giving people, you know, an hour to two hours, you know, of time back into their lives. And I think that it is, that's a positive, that thing, but it does take, come with a cost when you're not sitting face to face with people. 
sure work-life balance is just that isn't it getting you know getting a bit of your life back but work is naturally gonna you know it's something's gonna gonna give a little bit somewhere and getting that balance right is is something that's obviously it's so important right now more than ever just because everybody's in a similar boat with that kind of thing um you're talking about your team being super productive and stuff when we spoke last time you're saying that um one of the things that can positively affect morale as opposed to the things that we were just talking about that negatively affects morale is 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 kind of streamlining those productive production lines and things and um do you want to just talk me through like maybe a little bit of like what your team's been doing in terms of that and like just kind of um you know like a little bit like what we were talking about um because um just yeah like how it production of the product and things how it's gonna how it's gonna help your team to feel more motivated off the back of that if that makes sense well I think that as you build things and and release it you know as we demo it to our teams and we see customers that are using our product and using our new features that is that does increase morale you know being able to do to put new cool product features, you know, into our platform does increase morale. Things that that aren't fun is if you have um, a lot of of work that just feels like um, like it's a slog. You know, if you're just fixing bugs all the time or the platform's going down, which ours is not, <laughs> but um, there have been times when that has been the case. You hit an issue of scale. Uh, we spent a good nine months paying down tech debt, you know, improving our platform from just a technical perspective and cleaning things up and making code, um, you know, extensible, um, straightforward, uh, more reliable and scalable. And that means that our, we do not have as many production issues and that also builds morale, you know, so a lot of things like that. Um, and then we do things like, um, it's, um, I don't want to call it forced fun because sometimes it feels like it is, but it isn't. Where we do uh, say every couple of weeks, we will have a day, a half an hour where we just play games. We'll play uh, Jackbox games, you know, Darful, where you draw pictures and of ridiculous things and you have to, then they get put up and people have to figure out what it is. You know, just things like that. And it is fun. Like, um. One of our, I found out they added this feature where you can actually take any of those drawings and put it on a t-shirt. So I actually put it on a t-shirt <laughs> and it's one of the drawings on a t-shirt and send it out to the team. Nice. You know, I have a bit, it's a Mr. Clean gets a tattoo. <laughs> okay. That, I might have, to, <laughs> have to put that to the Amicus team, to be honest. I think that, that, that it, It's really funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that game. And then, so that's where we do things like that. And we have a, a women at a Legion happy hour. You know, we've been working at bringing, I don't know what it is, but we have seen a, a bigger pool of qualified women that we can hire. Um, I think it has to do with opening it up to remote. Okay. We can find our team is more diverse because we just have a bigger pool. Right. You know, yeah. so that's a, that's a plus, Right. Sure. Um, so we meet as women at a legion. Sometimes we meet in person. Everyone's not here in the office or in Austin. So a lot of times we're meeting online and we might, you know, just talk, talk about different topics. You know, sometimes it's just chit chat. And then we 
do things like actually meet in person and have lunch. My team decided that, um, you know, it might be nice to work in person sometimes. So on Wednesdays, we go into the office and work in person, not all the time, and you don't have to do it. So, and I don't always go, but we just do that and we get some face-to-face time. Yeah, I think that's 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 super important, isn't it, to give people that option to come in because it doesn't always seem everybody does it. But I think no. you know, it's it's but it's so common as well now for, for a lot of places to have that sort of flexibility. I know it's it's the same here at Amicus. We're kind of given the option to work from home two days a week if we want to. Um, I'm personally someone that prefers to be in the office just because you know, I like to get out and about at the house and we're all very friendly. We're all good friends with each other anyway. Um, so it's nice to see everybody and get to catch up with everybody. And we're split across two offices anyway. So it's nice to get together. And um, But yeah, I think I think that sort of thing is really important, isn't it? And it sounds like you guys are getting it right over there. And, and uh, <clears throat> it's a yeah. mix. I mean, yeah. We had just opened our office in uh, Kuala Lumpur. We were looking for an office. I say we, it wasn't me in particular, <laughs> but we as a legion, we were looking for an office for quite a while and right. just finally got an office set up again so people can go into work. All right. You know, in, in Malaysia, it's very, that face-to-face time and building of community is even more, it's a, it's a strong part of the culture that um, the Malaysian culture where people want to be face-to-face and yet still it's an option. Mm -hmm. people can come in if they want to come in they can work where it makes sense for them to work um I kind of feel like my philosophy is um I don't need you to tell me everything that you are doing I don't need you to tell me if you have a doctor's appointment you know just put it on the calendar you know on the out of office calendar so people know um and then just do your best to do you know get your job done and I don't care about the you know it's it's pretty flex time here so you can start your, your day later, but people, I do want people to attend the standups, which is I think nine, nine forty-five or 10 is what it is in the U S anyway, okay. somewhere around that, the same in KL. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice time. To that's yeah. A, yeah. That's a nice Some people like to work at the crack of dawn <clears> you know, <throat> and they want to be off to spend time with their kids at night. Yeah. I mean, it makes, makes sense. Doesn't it? it just depends on people's personal situations. Doesn't it? At the end of the yeah. day. And people work differently. I mean, yeah. some people are morning people and some people aren't. Yeah, you know? which you, I like <laughs> when, you know, it's when you're most productive. Sure. Yeah. I think I don't not, I'm not sure what I am. I think it I think it's like it depends what I've, <laughs> what I've been up to the night before. I think depends on whether or not a normal normal morning person or not. Um but yeah, I mean it sounds like you know I've got kind of one more question that I do want to ask you, but I it sounds like obviously you're in a really <clears throat> you're coming into a really good place after the pandemic and everything now over at Allegiant and um, it's it's super fascinating to hear about um, your values and one thing that particularly stuck with me from this conversation is 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 um, making people feel valued even when they're working remote wherever they are in the world <clears throat> and it sounds like you're managing to do that really well so um, one thing that I do want to just kind of finish with is um, like I said, we get a lot of people that are either looking to be where you are, <clears throat> excuse me, or um, aspiring to kind of become some sort of tech leader or just kind of ladder in tech. So I was just going to kind of roll it off with uh, what kind of advice you would have for somebody looking to be in a similar position to you. My advice would be is to 
look for problems to solve that are being unsolved and solve them. You know, if you do that and look to solve problems for the company and not just for your team, then you will help the company as a whole and you will grow into the role that you want. That's, that's the biggest advice that I would give people. That's solid advice as well. Solid advice. It's very straightforward and I love it. Um, Jan, honestly, it's, it's been so brilliant talking to you. Um, definitely could have carried on um, in, well into your morning, well into my afternoon. Um, so maybe we'll catch up again uh, down the line and we'll see what else uh, is going on over at Allegiant and, uh, and we'll see how even how much better you're doing and how much more you've got going on over there as well. We'll kind of catch up again down the line. How does that sound? <clears throat> Great. Great talking to you, Heather. Yeah, sure. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can hover over the logo in the corner. Just hit subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok for the updates. Head over to our website, amicusjobs.com for tech news, webinars, blogs, and keep up to date on all the latest Python, Golang, and JavaScript roles around the globe. Sorry for making you sit through that. It is a bit of a breathful. <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful and it, I can do it all in one breath just about these days. So um, listen, Jan, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. All right. Thanks a lot.